welcome back to new rock stars the falcon and the winter soldier is finished but we still got questions yes. like does anyone on the show know where old steve rogers is <laughs> and what's the real story behind that shield from endgame yes since the falcon is now captain america we're gonna cave to what the commenters originally wanted this to be and turn our wtf into a wtb what the what fuck? The Buck, <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. Today, we're going to do a special postseason wrap-up episode to answer all the big remaining Yeats. questions you might have about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Captain America and the White Wolf. I'm Eric Voss, here with MT. Hello, Eric. It's always amazing to talk to you about Marvel shows, man. This is literally my life's joy. So I'm very happy to be here today, my friend. It's so great. I'm glad we've had uh, a week or so to digest this series oh, yes. and uh, come up with some more interesting questions, some refrigerator logic, as they <laughs> say in screenwriting. Things that you don't think about as you're watching it, but as you get up and go to the fridge and, and go to crack open a brewski, you think, wait a minute, mm. that don't make sense. <laughs> but uh, some interesting possible theories and directions this could go based off of what the director and the showrunner have said mm. when uh, they've been posing these questions. So we're going to talk about why old Steve Rogers was a no-show yeah. in the show and uh, the big secret about that shield that Sam Wilson now carries. Mm. Also, leftover questions about the power broker, uh, the removal storyline mm. uh, that has been somewhat confirmed this past week and whether Donia Madani might have been Isaiah Bradley's nurse mm. that helped him escape interesting it is interesting and you're interesting MT oh. and all of you are interesting and hopefully yes. interested in this interesting <laughs> person and uh, this sometimes interesting, sometimes snooze fest. Uh, Eric, you are the most interesting person on the screen right now. I love you, Eric. Don't you dare say that. Oh, I love you too, MD. Uh, well, let's uh, let's show some love to something that you guys should all be interested in, our, uh, our various merch options. Right now I'm wearing my stupid High American Voss shirt, but we got some even better options, like our Anarchy Assembled shirt, as well as our Zemo design, mm. both of which available on NewRockStarsMerch.com, but both designs are being retired to the moon, we think, <laughs> on Monday. Monday. So this weekend is your last chance to get one of those, uh, because we got new shit in the pipeline for loki i can't we always got a new shit coming it. to you guys like we have i literally ha we literally have the best shirts like the shirts like no bs good shirts. i genuinely enjoy our selection it's so good so you guys gotta check yeah. those out uh and if you get the anarchy assembled shirt you will unlock an additional option to write in a custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of these inside marvel after shows for example we got to honey ray murphy asking do you think the sharon is a power broker reveal is disrespectful to the carter family legacy mm. That's it does change what we thought about the Carter family, but you know what? The apple falls from the tree in all families, wouldn't you say? It does kind of change the character of Sharon Carter from what we know of her in the comics. There was that storyline in the comics where I believe she was mind controlled by Dr. Faustus. Um, and she mm -hmm. did go bad then, but like for the most part, Sharon Carter um has been a good person. So it seems here that she's sort of going this evilish route with the power broker. Well, Leon Jackson also asked, hey, Eric, do you think Nick Fury, Howard Stark, or Peggy Carter knew of Isaiah Bradley? Funny you should ask, Leon, because we're going to be talking about that later this episode. <laughs> also, Josh Soderbergh asks, do you think people know that the shield Sam is using is a different one from a different timeline? Mm. Well, also funny you should ask, because I think that's our first what the buck. Yes. Uh, what is our first what the buck, MT? Our first what the buck is exactly what the buck happened to old Steve after Endgame. And where did he get the shield that Sam now carries? Hmm. 
And we did get a bit of information from this series. There were two points where they kind of joked about that conspiracy theory that Steve Rogers is on the moon. Yes, but uh, I'm I'm going to put out there that the theory might be actually he's in Wakanda. Mm. Why do I think that? Well, in the in-game final battle, Steve's shield was broken in half by Thanos. And it was kind of lost in the rubble. It was around the time when Thanos destroyed the quantum tunnel van with the best Olympic uh, spear throw. <laughs> it really seen. was really good. He got the gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I have always presumed, as if you've watched any of our videos, uh, that <laughs> I that shield that he gave to Sam uh, was something that he brought over from the alternate timeline mm. that he lived out his life in, according to the directors. And I theorized that in that other timeline, Steve could have formed a relationship with T'Challa and even his father, T'Chaka of Wakanda, and that they could have made him a new shield out of proto-adamantium. Mm. And that's why the shield looks kind of a slightly different design now. Uh, and now, if old Steve wants to lay low, if he's still in this world, in the present uh, MCU timeline... Where would he go? Well, it seems like retiring in Wakanda seems like a safe place to do that. Mm. It is kind of like he would be a place that he might have connections with people where he might be able to live peacefully the way Bucky did, you know? Um, but I uh, find it interesting how uh, MT, and M MT and I talked about this a little bit on Stereo this past yeah. week, uh, another explanation for how old Steve might have gotten that new shield into Sam's hands. Yes, and like while I do love the, the alternate timeline theory, I think it's more fun. I think that it's just like a really great thing for, for it would be a great thing for audiences to see on screen and it would tie into Multiverse of Madness and Loki and all of that. But there is a potentially a way less interesting um, and a lot more boring explanation for why the shield... You keep saying that, but I think it is just as interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, I think that the reason why the shield looks different in Endgame and in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is because it, Thanos broke it and Wakanda fixed it before the funeral. Um, I think it's literally mm. that simple. And, you know, um, so the funeral happened and then Steve was like, all right, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to go say goodbye to, you know, my friends and all that stuff. And so he leaves his newly repaired shield at home, knowing that he's going to come back in the future, literally like a minute later after he leaves, and then Cap is going to pick mm -hmm. it up and then go to the bench. So like, because that was his, his plan. So Cap literally leaves the shield at home because he's going to be back in a flash. So like his shield's not unattended for like very long. And then old Cap goes, drives to the bench, young Cap leaves back in time. And that's why the shield looks different. Um, again, it's not as cool as Eric's um, proto-animantium um, alternate reality theory, and I would love for that theory to be true. Um, but we, there is a, uh, a possible explanation here. But in both cases, both explanations do uh, lead to this idea of old Steve Rogers perhaps retiring in Wakanda. Yes. And that's where I mm. hope he is. Like, there is a version mm. of this where he's on the moon. He actually is in space with Nick Fury with all the scrolls, and he's kind of looking down. Mm. I kind of like the idea of him being a place where Bucky can crash <laughs> if he ever does go back to Wakanda mm. and explore that future as the White Wolf. Mm. Because... Malcolm Spellman said that was his intent. Is he he, he wanted to have a, a White Wolf, uh, the way that it ended with Captain America, the title. Um, like that was the whole idea is that he's no longer the Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, and I think there's still more of a future for these two friends, you know? And I, I want to see that. Also, to your credit, MT, like there was that line in episode five where Bucky was like, you know, when Steve and I talked about you getting the shield, we didn't think about the burden that it would mm. be. 
indicating that they had a conversation. Yeah. So that leads more, that fuels that flame of uh, Steve Rogers thought a lot ahead <laughs> before he took those stones back. So if he talked about uh, it with Bucky about who would get the shield, it does um, bring up the idea that he might have thought ahead of 80 years of his alternate life and thought, okay, I'm going to leave this shield mm -hmm. here and eventually at the end of my life, uh, assuming I'm going to outlive Peggy Carter. That's a pretty dark, actually, thing that I think of yeah. it. Steve must have thought, I will outlive I mean, my He's love. got super soldier serum <laughs> coursing through his veins. Right. So, like, his life right. is going to be a lot longer than, <laughs> than Peggy's. And we see that Peggy... Um, but does she have a sickness in um, in Winter Soldier? Is that how she dies? Oh, I think it's just she's old, oh, okay. right? Probably. She would have been probably in her 80s. Well, I think she had Alzheimer's because rather? she forgot Steve, oh. right? She was like, oh my God, She started Steve. to go. It could have just been general dementia. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's diagnosed as Alzheimer's. I got to go rewatch that movie. But, Let's all rewatch Winter Soldier. <laughs> right now. Because it's so good. <laughs> right now. But like, I think that there could be um, another reason, uh, explanation for why Steve is not around in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that if you just think of it logic, or like, I don't know, like he spent 80 years in an alternate timeline. He went with mm -hmm. Peggy and he probably had kids. He had a whole life there. And if he comes mm -hmm. back to this native timeline to, you know, live his life, he's gonna, what if he dies in this, in his native timeline? Then he leaves, he's not gonna be able to be buried with Peggy. He's not gonna be able to, you know, have a, a service where his family and friends mm -hmm. can show up. So like, I think he just went back. He's like, I came here to give you the shield. And to let you guys know where I am and what I did. And now that I'm done, I'm going back. I'm going to live the rest of my life in the Peggy timeline. And that's it. I think he went back, honestly. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, also a very valid explanation. It, it just brings up more questions of, like, what exactly was the quantum technology? Mm. Is it the same, um, you know, Tony Stark wristwatch plus uh, Pym Tech that they used in Endgame? Mm. But, like, the way he did it is he, like quantum navigated down a tunnel made kind of like a 270 degree turn <laughs> to go back up a different timeline from that branch nexus point and knew exactly how to quantum navigate on his own uh, you maybe you could say steve rogers became a pretty experienced quantum navigator when he returned all those stones mm. from the time ice he must have been yeah. if the universe is still intact as it is but like it's an interesting horizontal as opposed to a vertical back in time it's going horizontally across timelines that have uh, progressed you know parallel in the same way mm -hmm. so like maybe in that advanced future there is like a reed richards who figured out mm. how to like quantum navigate a bit better or a kang you know who is you know kind of related <laughs> they're kind of part of that same family tree there um but like yeah uh there's all it opens it up in all this ways that i don't even know if the russo brothers thought that far ahead mm. uh, i assume kevin feige has because there's all kinds of crazy brains under that ball cap but you know, um, are they ever going to explore this in a movie? Are they ever going to answer this in particular in like hmm. the Fantastic Four movie? I don't know. I would love I if they so. did. But there there also is another possibility here. Because you got to remember in Endgame, when everyone went back in time, there was a short period of time where the Avengers Mansion was completely empty. And like the time machine was there. Mm. And like it was it, it was ready for someone to come through. So like while Biff everyone... style, Biff and Back to the Future Part Two sneaking over with an almanac. <laughs> yeah, basically, like <laughs> everything old up. Steve could have just been like, "Hey, now that this is, uh, I know it's going to be empty at this time. I'm going to pop in, leave, go to the apartment, wait for young Steve to leave, and then grab the the shield." Um, so like, there is a time machine available for him to come back if you know if he can't just automatically pop wherever he wants to go with the the oh. Pimta. One of my favorite things in time travel fiction is the whole idea of a dormant 
unattended time travel machine <laughs> at some point in the timeline. Every right. time travel movie has it. It's like, well, was anyone guarding the DeLorean at that point? Because anybody could have grabbed right. it. If Biff could have grabbed it and back to the before too, anybody could have like seen Marty and Doc screaming at each other in an alleyway, throw in Marty's girlfriend in a dumpster to hide her. <laughs> asking questions, very valid questions about what are these, what is this inappropriate relationship doing? This man who's far too old to be friends with a teenager. What is going it's on? So I'm stealing their car to fix this <laughs> that's so true uh, what, a, what a weird but, friendship what an unlikely friendship so sketchy super sketchy but you bring up a good point mt because that quantum device i have used that as a basis for quite a few theory mm -hmm. videos the fact that 2988 was on that machine 2009 was on that machine like I pose the whole theory that Stark might have known about Kang, mm. you know, that like he went on a whole separate time travel journey while, while everyone else was changing their outfits to get ready for uh, Hulk to snap the Stark gauntlet. Uh, Stark uh, just did one of those, walked by the machine, went boom, and rubbernecked <laughs> back to it like, wait a minute, mm. I'm going to use this to do some other stuff. That and would then be he had a nuts. whole other time travel journey so with cool. Kang. And that's why there's other random dates on it that were never explained in it. Oh game. my God, I really hope there's a canon explanation <laughs> for why that 2009 is there because now you got me thinking now you got me hoping <laughs> uh, here's here's our plea uh kevin feige uh, uh whoever else is in charge of marvel right now let mt and i just answer these questions yes. with canonical answers give us a book deal let us host a youtube <laughs> series on your channel that just says ah this week pose a question to us and empty and eric will do all the hard work for yes. you we will tell you exactly the easiest coolest answer and then if you just give your feige stamp of approval like the fans will be like ah yes great this was the plan all exactly. along exactly and like it's free labor it's free, it's free real estate really is we'll do it for free <laughs> We'll do it for free. If we really, like, it's just, we, literally, Eric, you have the best, like, ideas and explanations for things. So, like, if Kevin was like, hmm, let's go, let's talk to Eric, the MCU would literally become <laughs> a thousand times better, hands down. <laughs> Um, now, just to uh, go into some alternate points with this shield, uh, some people are saying it might have been uh, like the shield that Cap gave to Sam, mm. that Steve gave to Sam, was the backup alternate Cap's new shield that Happy Hogan talked about in Spider-Man mm. Homecoming. There was also a prototype shield in Tony Stark's lab in Iron Man 2. They could have been the same thing mm. and that Tony always had a backup shield. My answer to that is that if that was the case, that might have been the backup shield that Tony gave back to Steve in Endgame that right. had the scratches polished off. I think uh, I think it's going to be too weird if there's too many alternate shields, however. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably just one, and Tony has a way to polish it. But uh, some people are also bringing up the fact that uh, uh, Eos Spear did not scratch or right. dent the shield in Episode Four when they were fighting. Uh, I just think that was vibranium on vibranium. Uh, or the fact that you could argue it was made out of proto-adamantium at that point. I'm still kind of clinging to that theory, mm. but I think if it was made out of something stronger than a vibranium spear, it would have dented the spear. It would have made the spear crooked or, or broken the spear somehow if it was something that could stand up to it. Mm. Um, but uh, MT, remind me, uh, there have been moments where like uh, vibranium has gone up against adamantium in the Marvel comics, right? So like, or, or Wolverine trying to scratch um captain america's shield when wolverine's adamantium is a uh, not as strong alloy as the proto adamantium it doesn't shatter his claws from what i understand. No, it shouldn't shatter his claws at all 
Um, yes. No, I think that. But he he can't he can't break the shield though. He just kind of like. Yeah, I mean, vib like, vibranium is is really um, energy absorption. Like that's why it's called vibranium. It's like the word vibrates in there. So it's like uh -huh. you know any hit that a vibranium object will take, it'll displace a lot of that impact. So it's going to take yep. a lot um, of. Like the only real way that I could really see like a, a, a scratch going into it is like when, in Civil War when Black Panther really dug into right. there and scratched the shield. Um, I think mm -hmm. that the scratch that um, the Dora Milaje um, did against uh, the, the shield that um, Walker was had, I don't think it was hard enough to make a scratch. It, it did like mm -hmm. a duo, like a mini spark, but like I just think that the, the force wasn't there. Whereas, you know, T'Challa, he has... He's a super soldier. Like, so you got to remember that. Yeah, he's got, he's done all those stress ball exactly. squeezes to make his, his fingers <laughs> From being real kid, strong. He's just like super stressed <laughs> out. He's like, I cannot do this today. I need my ball, my vibranium <laughs> stress ball. And so that's why he's so strong. It's not, it's not the heart shaped herb. It's just all that, the stress ball. That's right. Uh, vibranium. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> he just, he can grab stuff real tight. And exactly. And into it. That wasn't the vibranium. That was the heart shaped herb strength in his finger. Exactly. Muscles. So like, I think that there's a, a difference of strength there, but it could yeah. be, it could just be just like a, we just wanted to save money on budget. And so we just didn't want to like scratch the shield. It could be anything, but. If Cap is not dead or returned to his uh, other timeline, and I know I keep saying Cap, I know he's Steve Rogers, not Cap anymore, <laughs> Sam is Cap. But uh, if Steve is not dead or returned to another timeline, I hope that if he's in space, he actually is on the moon, or if yes. he's uh, on Earth, that he is in Wakanda. That, That's kind of my answer for where he is right now. That'd be great. I mean, hey, Wakanda seems like a great destination spot for uh, uh, white dudes from the 40s. So uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, well, we have a lot of other things we want to talk about, but first we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode. Inside Marvel is brought to you by HelloFresh, America's mm. number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so that you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. I really like cooking, and I'm always meaning to be more ambitious, but I'm also super busy, and I always seem to be missing like three ingredients of something. Well, HelloFresh is perfect for me because they give you everything you need, and a lot of their meals only take 20 minutes to make, which is under the threshold for when I normally get frustrated and just to order takeout again. Uh, now they have a whole category of meals called lightning prep that can be made super quick, like their grilled cheddar burgers, high spice pork meatballs, sesame beef tacos. So these all sound good. You will have them quicker than delivery and they taste way better than something you'll pull out of the freezer. So try it yourself. Go to hellofresh.com slash 12 Marvel and use the code 12 Marvel mm. for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Oh. That's hellofresh.com slash 12 Marvel and use the code 12 Marvel for 12 free meals. Our friends at Blue Chew are also to thank for sponsoring this episode. They have a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no doctor's office visit or, or pharmacy trip. It uh, ships right to your door in a discreet package. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength. And if you hate swallowing pills, good news, BlueChew is chewable, just like it says in the name. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We've got a special deal for our audience. Try BlueChew free when you use the promo code INSIDEMARVEL at checkout. Just pay that $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code. 
code inside Marvel to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show. And it's got to be hard for Zemo to get a good night's <laughs> sleep on those prison mattresses. You know they're not customizing them for each prisoner, but you know who does customize mattresses is Helix. Ooh. Thank you to Helix also for sponsoring this show. Don't sleep on another mattress designed for someone else. Helix Sleep has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling down if you tend to sleep really warm. Or even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the quiz and I got matched with the Dusk Lux Helix mattress because I wanted a medium-firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. Uh, I really, really sleep well on this mattress from Helix. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free, and you never need to go to a mattress store ever again. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our audience at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. That's helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel for up to $200 off and two free pillows. All right, MT, I'm going to ask you our next what the buck. What the buck was with that power broker reveal? Mm. Like Zemo suggested that he knew of the power broker since before Sharon broke bad after Civil War. Mm. And in an interview this week, Aaron Kellerman said that Sharon recruited Carly, quote, at a young age, Mm. implying that Sharon has been the power broker for a long period of time. So how long has Sharon been the power broker? Did she break the timeline of Marvel? What do you think? I think that, you know, in order for this to make sense, I don't know about the young age thing. That that really does throw a major wrench um, into a mm-hmm. lot of like, you know, just trying to not make plot holes. Um, but I think that, you know, the p- title The Power Broker could just have been a, a title that has been around, but no one really know, knew who The Power Broker was until Sharon Carter may have like killed him or replaced him or whatever. So she was like, all right, now I'm the power broker. Since no one knows who this guy is, then I'll just just be the power broker now. Though, like you said mm. earlier, like that young at a young age thing, that makes things that just changes the whole game. Because like if right. how long? Like how young of an age are we talking? You know what I'm saying? But what do you think, Aaron? Right. Erin Kellerman is 22 years old. She would have been 21 at the time. Well, I didn't even realize she was that young because I saw her in solo and I I did not realize she was a teenager when she shot that movie. Oh, wow. Um, a talented young uh, lady that mm-hmm. is. I can't wait to see what she does next. But um, yeah, she uh, at a young age, maybe she was just saying like she was young mm. after she became homeless, and she is still currently young. That she used past tense and should have used like present. Yeah, I think tense, that's or present participle what they were going for. <laughs> um. um, but you are right. I I think the best way to make sense of this is that the power broker is like a recurring title. It's a legacy title that was someone. There was a power broker before Sharon. There was a power broker before him. Um, because uh, that's the only way that I could see this making sense. That. Um, I mean, I, I think honestly what happened is the people working on this show either didn't know about that one shot in Endgame that showed Sharon on the screen, mm. or if they did know about it, just didn't think it would be a very big deal. Like, didn't think of it as, like, proof or confirmation of anything, yeah. um, which is forgivable. Um, but I think they were given the order to bring in Sharon Carter into the show and thought it would just be fun to take her to an extreme mm. um, to just see, like, well, we know from Civil War... She was kind of a, she's a criminal now. So what's an extreme we can take that to? The way the in-game writers with Thor and with Hulk, with Hawkeye, kind of took all those characters to extremes. Uh, and in Hawkeye's case, kind of made them like a very dark 
Ronin assassin. So like, <laughs> oh, we'll do the same thing with Sharon Carter. But and then just assume that most viewers wouldn't didn't really have a pre-existing attachment to Sharon Carter from the roles we saw her in Winter Soldier and Civil War to get confused by this. I, I just think that's the simplest explanation for what happened there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that does make a lot of sense. And like, you know, Sharon Carter doesn't really have much to do now. Like after um and uh, after the events of Civil War and like, like again with Steve Rogers leaving, it's like they're just like we just need to do something with this character that we've now um now yeah. has no role. And so it's like, all right, uh, would you like to be the power broker? And I'm sure the actress was like, oh sure, that's new and that's fun yeah. and that's different. In that same interview, she was like, you know, when I first read the first script, I was like, okay, whatever. And then uh, Spellman was like, oh wait till you see what's coming. And then. <laughs> Uh, Emily Van Camp was like, um, are you talking about the big fight scenes in the shipyard? Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then she read the final script and was like, oh, and according to her, it made perfect sense. Mm. I think it makes dramatic sense and for a character arc sense for someone with all of her skill set to uh, who once she gets cut off by the by her lifeline mm. to take matters into her own hands and to take it a next step further. I think she's capable uh, of doing a lot of things she did. I just think there wasn't a, a grand sense of the exact timeline mm. because it's it's just kind of logically odd that she would be this mystique-driven character with uh, spooky graffiti, mm. but also just kind of walks around with a hood hanging out in the dive bar. Um, uh, and she, like, kills people by herself in a shipyard when, like, she, she almost got shot and stabbed. <laughs> you mean to tell me she had no backup and she told them to hang back? I got this. No way she would do that. If she was the power broker. And no way would she lead Sam and Bucky Zemo to <laughs> nagel her precious chemist exactly. and expose him to exactly. getting shot in the head. You don't. And Spellman was asked about that and he did not have really an answer at all. That's the golden goose. That's the golden goose. And you you literally made it so your golden goose got killed. Like you literally yeah. invited that scenario. So that doesn't really make any sense. Um. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but whatever. We'll deal with it. It's not the first thing in the MCU to make no sense. And we're just going to roll with it. And we're going to move yeah, on. It is what it is. It's not the end of the world. Uh, a question that has come up a lot this week since I made a video about um, Malcolm Spellman saying that there was a removed storyline. Mm. He claimed that it wasn't connected to the pandemic, but he also said, I've been told to stop saying that as if <laughs> like Mickey Mouse had a gun to his head or something. <laughs> it's the Marvel um, snipers, man. They, they literally <laughs> exist. Probably not. Really. Yeah. Uh, one question a lot of you guys have asked is, could uh, Danya Madani mm. been the nurse who declared Isaiah Bradley dead so that he could escape? Did those two know each other? What do you think? Amy? I really like that. I really, I, I wanted to know who that nurse was as soon as um, he dropped it because it, it felt like it was significant. Um, for a little bit, I thought it could have been Val. I was like, hmm, we have this new character, mm. Val, and he's talking about sure. the nurse. So maybe it could have been Val. But I think Donia, um, or Danya, hopefully I'm not saying that wrong. Um, no, you got it right, Donia. Donia. I hope that that would make a lot of sense for her if, if like, that role was removed from the story. Um, uh -huh. uh, I think it'd be great for her to actually serve a purpose outside of that Flag Smasher um, storyline. Yeah. But like, how do you feel about it? What do you think? I think there was obviously a much bigger role to Donia Madani, to Veronica Falcone's character. You would not have hired Veronica Falcone if you didn't have a lot for her to do. Mm -hmm. She's just so talented. She's done so much. Uh, her role on Perry Mason, I highly recommend you watch that show. Executive produced by Iron Man and uh, Susan Downey, so I oh. would highly recommend you check it okay. out. Uh, 
and it has a very very dark cold open just gotta trigger warn you there oh, shit. but um veronica falcone is in it and she is fantastic and she's gonna be in this jungle cruise movie with the rock like if you just wanted to play hire someone to play a corpse you would hire <laughs> someone from central casting you'd hire a background person i would you know literally throw on a wig and just lie yeah. down <laughs> if i could just be in the mcu as donia Badani. oh me too <laughs> Yeah, you would not hire an actress like that just to play this small of a role. Mm. You would hire me or MT, like MT said, to wear a wig or, you know, some kind of goofy nose or something. Um, but, like, the thing is, like, they clear they won't answer the question here. Mm. And they keep saying, no, it wasn't related to the virus, like, as if they're, you know, yeah. answering anything. But, like, you did this actress dirty. What was her role going to be? Yeah. Just say that there was more that we couldn't include. Yeah, and, it's but perfectly I think they've been okay told... to. Like, everyone yeah. would understand that, like, you know, COVID and all that stuff, like, happened and, like, things are different. It's, just be honest right. about it. It's okay. We're not yeah. going to, I mean, we're not going to get angry. <laughs> I mean, I know me and you are going to get angry, but, like, it's fine. No, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, the, the mystery persists until you answer that question, because then it tells me that there was something covered mm -hmm. up that someone at Disney felt a little embarrassed about. Yeah um that's the only answer uh now for her to be the nurse mm. uh i think the timelines do match up i just think it's a little neat and coincidental it feels like something that would happen in an episode of seinfeld or curb your enthusiasm mm. you know like this person's also this person yeah it's rare for like marvel or for this genre of superhero movies to do that mm. unless that person was like a conniving evil person or something like that who was like behind everything like agatha or something like that mm. but no in this case it would just be like well sam is also being influenced by this random terrorist group that he's having to deal with but he's also being influenced by uh by isaiah bradley which is something i think that's supposed to be thematically connected i actually have a whole theory that i went to in the video we'll talk about in a little bit of like maybe donnie madani's history was connected it was connected to the super soldier serum um mm. and there is a connection there that maybe she was part of a similar program with isaiah bradley or maybe they were similar programs that were happening on different parts of the planet oh, um really? but i think her story was connected with the super soldier serum in a way but like it just kind of left her scarred uh weakened her immune system so that when a, a virus starts spreading around with a global population doubles she needs a vaccine as quickly as possible they tried to steal it they couldn't get back to her in time she got infected mm. and then died from it uh, that was Bro. that was my theory and then like even it. that someone at disney was like oh too it's still too similar to covid <laughs> mm. it's still too similar to covid and then it ties in with madripoor this asian country oh like i think they overreacted yeah and that's why i think and then someone at you know one of the allens or feige it was just like just cut it just cut it <laughs> i really that makes a lot of sense to me i feel like i just gotta look into what actually may have happened i feel like you 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 know something that you're not telling me <laughs> just kidding though no. um but no that, that makes a lot of sense it would be great to see her tied to the the, uh, the super soldier serum um legacy or just in some way to like to have it affect her body i feel like it makes a mm -hmm. lot of sense um because like yeah. a lot of isaiah's friends died from that stuff and he was just like i mm -hmm. am okay for some reason. i got lucky i got and, lucky. which is why right. they yeah. shoved needles in him for 30 years which sucks right um so yeah, yeah i think that'd be really cool man again kevin wanna, Feige, yeah come on come on look come at on. look at eric the boy he's it's yeah just just let us give some answers to this and then you can you have complete veto uh, authority over it if any of our theories go too far you can just be like no you dumbheads <laughs> go, go back 
go back to the drawing board. Come up with a better <laughs> canonical answer. We're like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Back to the drawing room, and then we'll figure out something that works better. No problem, um, Papa Feige. Anything for you. We're just trying to help. We just want this universe to be even exactly. better because we love it so much. We love what everything that you've done. Um, and we want to we want to silence the people. We want to plug every plot hole. For yes. You, right. Exactly. Do it for free. But we want to talk more about this deleted storyline. But first, another person helped us make this episode Upstart. Mm. So if you dread looking at your credit card statement every month, Upstart can help you lift that weight off your shoulders. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income, your employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Marvel. So, uh, MT, let's talk more about this deleted storyline. Mm. What the buck was this deleted storyline that Malcolm Spellman, interestingly, wants to turn into a book series? So what story, whether it's ones that we've just talked about or other things, do you think would be worthy of uh, for Disney to cut from the show, but worthy from Spellman's eyes to turn into a literary narrative? I mean, I I think it's got to center around uh, thematically what Spellman wanted to tell with the show. He is a good writer. Mm. You know, he, uh, whatever gripes you have with the dialogue, with the re-editing on the show, the guy knows what he's doing. Mm. He's got a brilliant mind. And hearing him talk about this stuff in podcasts and interviews, yeah, he doesn't have answers for everything. I think there's some things he can't talk about. But, like, he and Nate Moore spent a lot of time. Uh, looking into Marvel's history, into the timeline of everything, um, and became masters of it when they were writing this show. Mm. And for him, I think the important story he wanted to tell was a struggle of soldiers and super soldiers Mm. fighting for authorities who don't give a shit about them, and in some cases, cruelly experiment on them. And when they're given the opportunity to enhance their skills, is that playing into what those cruel authorities want Mm. and playing into their inhumanity and perpetuating a dangerous uh, racist cycle, you know? So I don't think the right now, Flag Smashers just feels like kind of a disconnected thing from that. Mm. And I don't think Spellman intended for that. I think the Flag Smashers was supposed to be thematically linked because you see in episode four, there are all these scenes with Sam and Carly trying to connect with each other. And it feels a little hollow where it's like, Sam, are you just super empathetic right now? Like, I want to, it seems kind of like almost there. It seems like 80% of the way there where Sam had just talked to Isaiah Bradley and understands someone struggling, right? Just that general sense of someone struggling. But I think it was going to be more specific than that. Hmm. I think the Flag Smashers uh, came, I don't think that was Carly's organization to begin with. I think uh, this spinoff series was going to show us Carly's... uh, escape from Sharon Carter going like there's a lot of scenes where she was just talking Mm. instead of us seeing that Mm. you know us seeing her escape with the super soldier serum what how she came to meet Donya Madani Mm. how she adopted that flag smasher ideology and the philosophy and I think that was going to be a central storyline with these characters and Donya Madani was going to be someone involved with a super soldier serum program Mm. who created this militant organization 
Uh, I don't know if Donnie Madani herself would have been enhanced. Mm. Maybe that'd be pretty cool to see Veronica Falcone kick some ass. But <laughs> or maybe she was just maybe she was just like kind of a dud, mm. and she walked away scarred and feels bitter, rightfully enraged at what she experienced, and created out of the refugees after the blip ended, created this group of people saying, F- "No, we're gonna fight <laughs> back." And we're going to steal the super soldier serum and do it the right way mm. and make sure it do- it isn't in the hands of these corrupt people. Um, and that's something that when it. Donya died, yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're just gonna take it, but only ourselves and a few others. Like, we're not gonna take it, but we're all <laughs> yeah. sort of gonna take it intravenously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just think uh, I think Donya was gonna be the leader of that when Donya died. Mm. uh carly took it up because mm. right now it just seems like i don't know exactly where carly is coming from mm. and like it, it, that, that would make a lot of sense given the um the little uh pendant or that little necklace thing that mm-hmm. uh, donia carried mm-hmm. or had when she died with the little hand in, in the world and so like it would make sense for um carly to adopt that symbol to the flag smasher symbol um to take up the cause um right. i do like that i do like that a lot i think that if i'm going to go wild with a potential deleted storyline um that's probably makes a lot less sense than yours i think that i a couple of uh days ago or weeks i don't know it's been a long time is an illusion um Mm -hmm. i i posted uh something on twitter that was like what if lamar never wasn't like what if he wasn't real what if lamar died in afghanistan and and that sort of like builds onto your your story your thing about it being about soldiers and like you know trauma and like i think that potentially john walker could have been really scarred from his time in Afghanistan and was really stressed out about becoming Captain America. That he's just like, you know who would really help me? My dead friend Lamar. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying Lamar is like ghost slash imaginary friend and that anytime Sam or Bucky were talking to Lamar, they were actually talking to, to just John? John Walker. Like Battlestar Whoa, wasn't you real. blew my mind. Like, Holy shit, like, MT. Because like, I, the one thing, <laughs> the one scene that got me thinking about it was the, that scene where Lamar and John were at eating and they were talking about you know you know john's service record and all that and those those ladies were like hey john can Mm -hmm. we get a picture and just the way that like the camera shot was framed and they completely ignored battlestar completely even though everyone knows that it's um you know captain america and battlestar everyone's supposed to know but they completely ignored his, his existence and so oh my god i think it'd be well what fun. about the german dude what about the german dude that lamar had to translate for in the beginning of episode three that is very true i mean he could have imagined lamar was translating and maybe it was somebody else that was like he could have been projecting uh maybe he had a you know this would be terrible like another black guy it's like this sort of looked like lamar <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh terrible. no He's like, you're you're close enough. What are you, Leroy? All right, Lamar it is. That'd be terrible. Well, then what about the Hoskins family florist conversation? Like, is that, did that take place at a different point? Or were they talking about losing him in Afghanistan? I mean, like, that could have just been like, um, like a flashback or something. I'm like, all right. Or another imaginary conversation he was having in his head. Or it could have been added. Like, it could have been like that whole, like, fake Lamar thing could have been deleted. And they just shot a little bit more scenes to cover up the fact that he's real. Um, it's, it's, it could be anything. It's just a wild theory. It's the best theory I've ever heard. I mean, we're talking, this is some Joker fight club shit. Yeah. Like, I love it. I love unreliable John I really wanted it, but it never came. But that's okay. (laughs) That's wild. Hey, it could still be true. It could still be true. Mm. Um, because who knows when a second season of this show could clarify any of that shit. Right. (laughs) Um, 
Well, our final uh, what the buck for this episode of Inside Marvel mm. is who else knew about Isaiah Bradley in the mm. MCU historical timeline? Did Nick Fury know? Did Peggy Carter know? Did Howard Stark know? Did Hy- well, Hydra eventually did know. Yeah. But did any good characters know <laughs> that we can go yell at now for doing nothing about it? Hmm. I mean, Nick Fury... <sighs> Nick Fury knows a lot. And I feel like he probably did know something. So if anybody... It's going to be Nick, um, but I don't know if anyone else. What about you? What do you think? Well, I think this is something Spellman was asked about in that podcast, and he said that they did think about it. Mm. They did look into the history, and he said that they wanted to keep it contained, mm. who actually knew about this. So that's why they wrote out um, Dr. Nagel's dialogue as specifically as they did. Mm. That, But the problem is, is that like... Isaiah Bradley was uh, a test subject for the American government mm. for a long period of time. Yes. And that Hydra was always part of it. Mm. So I think the implication is that uh, he was a soldier, but then after his time fighting in the Korean War, that uh, at some point they retired him as a soldier mm. and then made him just, so- they threw him in a solitary confinement cell. And at that point, that was a Hydra division mm. of of the shield or the u.s government or something like that and that fury didn't know about it uh i don't think people like peggy carter knew about it but i i could imagine people like alexander pierce or howard stark knowing about it. i mean general ross might have known about it because of uh his experiments with um you know trying to recreate i I absolutely think general ross Mm -hmm. knew about it secretary ross now because they did have that thing in the credits that they never followed up on uh, all things pertaining to the enhanced (laughs) humans act it's uh, ordered by Secretary Ross to be uh, confidential. Um, so yeah, uh, who knew about Isaiah Bradley? Yes, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. But yes, we think Howard Stark. But no, the good guys. Yeah, <laughs> not maybe Nick Fury, Nick not Fury because like he just knows things. But like it's, I feel like he would be a lot more pissed about it because he is a black man, and so yeah, I, probably not Nick Fury. But it's just it's hard to buy that he would know. Yeah, but yeah. It's hard to buy that anyone could keep him in the blind. I mean, Alexander Pierce kind of kept him in the blind. That's a little true. Bit. If Nick Fury could be in the blind for Hydra. He could be in the blind for Isaiah Bradley. This is very true. It's still a bit implausible, though. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens when you retcon things within the historical timeline. And I've been saying this all along. 9-11. 9-11 happened in the MCU. It Why did, did anyone stop it? Well, they tried. And they stopped eight other planes from going down or running into buildings. That's my logic. Nick Fury was busy uh, rescuing plenty of other cruelly experimented on super soldiers. He just didn't get to Isaiah Bradley. Mm-hmm. And like, I That's feel like <laughs> realistically, I feel like 9-11 would be a good reason for why Project Insight in, in um, Winter Soldier um, got even launched. He's like, we got to stop yeah. threats before they happen because, you know, things Patriot like 9-11. Act, yeah. yeah, Patriot Act mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, for sure. 9-11 and like, Absolutely. obviously Iron Man 1 very tied to 9-11 um yeah all those phase one movies were very firmly grounded in the war on terror mm -hmm. it was like that was just an interesting phase where i mean uh, up until winter soldier winter soldier was the first movie that kind of like rather than looking at the bush era of the war on terror sort of look at the obama era of the war on terror Mm -hmm. how sophisticated uh the obama administration got with those drones Mm -hmm. killed a lot of people with those drones (laughs) good guy a lot of drone strikes Uh, during those years yeah uh but Um, well, we have more questions that we're going to answer with our listeners on stereo, but for this yes. episode of Inside Marvel, that is it for the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, but MT and I are going to be back every Friday yes. because there's always going to be Marvel news, folks. You know it. So over these next weeks, 
we're going to be covering whatever the big Marvel stories are up until we get to Loki in early <laughs> June. So stay tuned. We'll be with you every Friday. We're not going yes. anywhere. Nowhere. We are going to be here for you like a good neighbor. Uh, new rock stars is there. <laughs> we're going to get That's sued. right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so be sure to follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and subscribe to New Rockstars on YouTube. Check out our great merch options, NewRockstarsMerch.com. Thank you for watching. And we're going to close out with uh, my favorite moment from this past season of covering the Falcon and Winter Soldier, MT, and my quacked in America bit. Roll the clip. <laughs> Remember that plan we had, Buck, to give the shield to Sam? I'm, I'm still going through with that. So you nod as if you're okay with this trip. Right? I'm surprised he even remembered. I mean, like, at that age, I feel like your memory just slips away. Yeah. So that's a yeah. sharp super soldier memory. He gives the shield to, like, a duck in that pod. This <laughs> Hey, hello, Sam. I haven't seen you in such a long time. I remember yeah. how you used to quack. So beautiful. <laughs> Quacked in America, that's your name now. In the Spider-Ham uh, universe, Quacked in America, let's get it. That's America's tail feather. <laughs> <laughs>